Hey, you guys. Yeah. What? Hey, guys. Yeah. You guys. Yeah. You guys. Yeah. What? what cat? Did you know that C is the Roman numeral for one hundred? C comes from the Latin word cent- centrum. Did you know that? Did you know that? I think it's pronounced citrum. I think it's pronounced semen. <laughs> Did you know that there are a hundred letter tiles in a Scrabble game? I think it's pronounced. Yeah. What are you saying? What is it? No, no, continue. How's it pronounced? Juniper, how's Scrabble pronounced? I think it's pronounced. I think it's pronounced. Yeah. Scrape, 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 Did you know that there are a hundred sweat glands and one square inch of skin? I think it's pronounced skine. One wait wait a hundred really in one square inch that seems like weirdly rounded and specific seems like too much it's, just it's exactly one hundred it's not different. rounded Hannah it's exactly one hundred my skin exactly is 100 different you that. can choose any square inch and it is one hundred this part of my skin where there's a blood vessel escaping through you're the telling surface. me that your armpit has less you're telling me your <laughs> armpit don't have has time this, to get into that your <laughs> armpit has the same number of sweat glands as. I don't know, like your yes, neck. Yes, I'm, I'm dead fucking serious, Hannah. It is everywhere. It's 100. <laughs> All right. Did you know there's 100 pennies in a dollar? What? I think it's pronounced donut. <laughs> <laughs> did you know? Did you know that the sum of the first 10 odd numbers equals 100? I hate that. Fuck <laughs> math. Don't talk about math. Can I come me? here for math. You trying to remind me of my various failings? The first ten odd numbers. The first ten odd numbers add up to a hundred. Please, math brain, calculate. One plus three plus five. Wait, I got this. <sighs> okay, hold on, let's go. This Wait. is a good podcast. <laughs> let's, go, let's go, let's go, let's go. One plus three plus five. What else? Plus seven. Seven. I, if the, this is gonna be just like the time that we tried to puzzle out that Bruce Wayne's age was bullshit. <laughs> Wait, odd and numbers. And then we found out that it's true. Odd numbers. Oh. Yeah, it's odd numbers. Okay, right? just add thirteen. 10, odd plus fifteen. Seventeen. How? What are you at? Nineteen. 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 That would be. <sighs> We're in a ten. Fuck. Yeah. Where, Jesus Christ! This is just like the time we tried to outsmart comic books. <laughs> Where do you guys see yourself in a hundred years? Dead. Alive. Yeah. <laughs> Orbiting the Earth as a skeleton holding a sword. Oh my God. Yes, what Kat. About, what about you, yeah. Hannah? Um, I hope to be in the belly of an enormous shark. Yeah. Oh my God. Nice. But I'll, 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 I'll be, be dead. I'll be alive. Right. I'll be I'll, still here. I will be, my skeleton will have been fused to Noelle's in order to- I will have become a bruja. Increase her longevity. <laughs> Did you guys know <laughs> that- the record number of points scored in an NBA game by a single player. I don't want to hear that. No. Ugh. Get sports out of here, cat. I understand that you're reading a list for normies, Warriors but calculate it. Come on. Curate it for us. Did you know that elementary school teachers across the nation organize a momentous event on the 100th day of school? Okay. <laughs> what event? I was never invited. <laughs> yeah, they fucking didn't invite you, Juniper. They were like, oh, it's the 100th day of school. It's going to be a special event where we tell Juniper not to come. <laughs> Did you Ooh. know that on the Celsius? I always wondered about that. <laughs> Do you know on the Celsius scale, 100 degrees is the boiling Yes, I did. Water? Yeah, Cat, if you that. read me Cat. one more of these facts, I'm going to I'm gonna go ballistic. <laughs> Do you know there's 100 years in a century? Cat! Oh, my God! 
did. Oh, yeah. did you know there are a hundred pennies in a dollar? I am literally you already read that one. Noelle has literally caught fire. Like, there are actual flames licking her oh skin. Did you know that one hundred is the perfect <laughs> square number, and its square root is ten? I'm sorry, what number? A migraine. <laughs> hey, did you guys know? This isn't it, cat. No. That Dames and Dragons has done 100 episodes. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) It took 100 episodes for Kat to completely break our spirits. (laughs) It's done. This is the last episode of the podcast. Everything's going to be wrapped up in this one episode. I'm worried about Kat. kind of freaked That's out. That's like genuinely lost it. <laughs> no, I've just finally broken you and that is uh, the most joy fine. of 100 episodes of doing podcasting uh. with my friends. <laughs> it's been, it's been 100 weeping. goddamn fucking episodes, you guys. Yeah. I'm weeping tears of joy. Oh, you know what? Real I'm also, tears. I'm just also weeping tears and I'm, there. There's tears. no water left in my body. Yeah. I mean, so. once I, you know, the second time I heard about the number of pennies in a dollar, yeah. the water did leave my body Just, in protest. It's actually like the floor is wet. <laughs> With our collective bodily we're juices. We're all just withered husks. Yeah, we're just, Guys, yeah. did you know the person who lives to 100 is called a centurion? It's pronounced centurion. <laughs> Well, folks, I'm trying to think of just really funny and good jokes about the number 100, but Um, nothing's... nothing's There are none, except for the fact that there are 100 U.S. state senators. 100 is the number of times that Kat is going to make this this 100 Yeah, we're going to sit here and tell 100 is the number of times I'm going to slash Kat's body with a knife to make her die. (laughs) Holy shit. You can stab me 100 times and still I shall not die. Is that an anime? You'll you'll be stabbed and you'll just be like, more stabs. (laughs) Say stab me harder, daddy. No. Kat. Kat. Tell me a hundred more times, Daddy. Okay, Rasputin. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you know there's a hundred centimeters in one meter? We're on a different list now. I'm, like, actually starting to want to fucking, like, grind my teeth at this point. <laughs> I have a hundred facts about a hundred. I hate this. I hate this intro. I want to throw it in a fucking fire. <laughs> Did you know there's 100 breeds of cats? There's more than a hundred breeds of cat. There's exactly. Did you know cats make 100 different sounds? I'm, I'm, I'm no, you know what? Wait, I'm, I'm, no, I'm they make more than that. Cat, go back. Is, no, no, they, shut the fuck up. they shut make the more fuck than up. that. Shut the fuck up. Is this like all from like some website like cool100facts.gov? Yeah. Pizza. It's all just made up bullshit. Hannah, did you hear that there's 100 different sounds that cats They make, make. more I'm than 100 literally, sounds. Like I, when they get to 100 sounds, they this die. This isn't quantifiable. <laughs> Wanting to like grind my teeth, this, I'm, I'm I'm right back into tooth oh, dust. Hannah, oh, Hannah. Hannah, did you guys know some sharks can live up to be a hundred? So they can live older. There's the Greenland shark can be like Hannah. If you, so did you know that if you break list. your teeth into three pieces each, you'll have one hundred teeth? <laughs> I'm not. No, you know why? Because now, I that's don't the kind of fact that I'm here I've, for. Though. I've been I've been bitten by the one hundred bug, and I'm now on cat's side. <laughs> Juniper, take me away from here, Hannah. 
Did you know that female mosquitoes can live up to 100 days? Shut the fuck Not up. Not if I fucking like, kill listen, them first, listen, cat. I, I have never been more certain that this is some fake ass, shit ass website. This is probably the riddles.com of 100 facts. <laughs> this was this um, No, it's real. I mean, like, sharks. I, there are older sharks. No, Hannah. There when, are older sharks. When a the cat makes, shark. When a cat makes 100 you can't quantify sounds, that. You can't it quantify dies. That. You can't quantify it. <laughs> Hannah, it dies instantly, and we all know you, it. It's all, we Hannah, all know like, that. You're, Hannah, you're, like, you're scaring me Noelle. that you don't know about 100 cats. Well, well, you have you 100 know. sounds left in your own lifespan, and I would use them yeah. wisely. <laughs> well, I know what I'll be using them for. <laughs> Did you know the average hippo weighs 100 pounds at birth? Let's play D&D! For the Dames 100 episode, we're doing a giveaway of a package of our merch. A fabulous prize package worth at least 100 pennies. (laughs) It's such a shame that you guys are announcing this great giveaway after everyone has stopped listening. Yeah, it's really a shame that we're having this really great giveaway and this is going to be the last episode of the podcast. Yeah, well, you so. know. Did you guys know you are contractually obligated to do 100 more episodes of Dancing Dragons? <laughs> oh, if only I'd read oh, the fine print. Wow, did you know that there's no, fu- we have not agreed to anything. <laughs> Juniper, did you Actually, know that 100 years ago I uh, possessed your body as a ghost, that I traveled back in time, became a ghost, that traveled forward in time to possess your body, so that you lost uh, your memory for a moment and you signed your name on a contract, contractually obligating Pat. you to continue to produce in games fact, and dragons. I did know this, and as we speak, <laughs> this report recording is being sent directly to the FBI. Did you and know that you the will FBI be arrested for your crime? The FBI has no jurisdiction over ghost crimes. It's the ghost FBI. The ghost Pat. FBI will never catch me. They already are on their way here. They can fucking try. The GBI, the Gooby. Well, if you uh, have traveled forward and backward 100 years in time to torment your friends, um, if you would like to torment my friends as much as I do, um, I am uh, prepared to give away a beautiful prize package. Me specifically. <laughs> we, will deliver, we will deliver Kat directly to your home. <laughs> she will be bound and, <laughs> and she will the, be ready I for am ritual. Not the package. Do not, I am not offering myself up. I am offering a selection of beautiful merchandise from the Dames and Dragons store. If you would like to win this amazing mystery prize package uh, celebrating our 100 episodes, you just got to get on that little old Twitter that, at ittybittyoldtwitter.com. And uh, tweet with the hashtag Dames100. Tell us what your favorite intro is. Was it this one? I bet it was. If you say it was this one, you are instantly disqualified. <laughs> no, Correct. you're instantly in the extra Cat is the pool. one giving away the merch. It's not us. It's just Cat. <laughs> <laughs> so tweet. Hashtag Dames100 and tell us what your favorite intro is and uh, you will be entered to win a fabulous prize package from the uh, Dashing Dawson's Fabulous Steel Donkey. 
And one more time, just in case that was um, unbearably chaotic for you to listen to. I don't know. I don't know why it would be. You can win for our 100th episode, which is this one. (laughs) A merch package. If you go to Twitter.com, you tweet your favorite intro of all episodes of Dames and Dragons. Except this one. With the hashtag Dames100. Yes. Yes. You are now the sleep agent. You can go. <laughs> you may leave. You can, you can stop listening now. <laughs> yeah, you can turn. You're free. Please, please. <laughs> Get out while you can. Okay, so last time, uh, you went back to Rupert's little hut to regroup, to rejuvenate, to accuse your friends of reading erotic poetry on your birthday. Yes. It's not even really an accusation because it was true. It's just true. It just happened. Rather than accuse, I I discovered, I would say. Yes, that's the correct word. You discovered discovered that your friends uh, read erotic poetry on your birthday. You discussed what you saw in the void, uh, the secrets that you uncovered, your feelings. Mary told you about the access that she now has to Estra's spy network and a dwarf named Swan Roxon that they have embedded in the uh, the dwarven community on Baroon. So then, uh, as as you guys are set, settling down to sleep, uh, Phelan gets a prayer and goes, hey, we gotta go. And then when he opens his door, it's everybody's favorite asshole, Orestes. And you guys wanted to arrest mm-hmm. him, but he was like, hey, so Phelan, our dad's gonna kill our mom. Want to come help me rescue mom? And Phelan's like, is this a trap? And Orestes is like, yeah, absolutely it's a trap. But we still got to save mom. So Orestes let you know that he'll meet you in the city of Hero's Gate and uh, show you guys to a secret entrance into the temple that you can use to sneak on in there and and save Mamio. <laughs> and... That is where we are Mamio. now. Mamio, my favorite <laughs> Studio Ghibli film. Mamio. Well, it's like Daddy-O, but it's Mamio. I don't like it. I like it. It sounds bad. I like it. <laughs> That's what people call me in the jazz clubs. They're like, hey, Mamio. All right. I'm not going to you the cool jazz cat. clubs. This is why I'm always trying to fucking get out of the club. The day you return to the reputed city of heroes, the rain is coming down in dark, heavy curtains, which sweep over the churning ocean. The massive sea gate which gives the city its name is barely visible at the mouth of the harbor in the distance, and a booming rolls in from across the water. A thunder without lightning, though you cannot see its source. The city's towering walls of yellow stone are draped with purple banners emblazoned with a black broken tower. In the few weeks since the last time you were here, the peaceful farmland surrounding the city has grown a crop of military tents. Battalions of soldiers in purple and black practice combat drills in the driving rain, while others patrol the encampment or scurry through the rain between silver-trimmed officers' tents. The camp's size pales in comparison to what you witnessed in Ilfra, but who knows how many more are housed inside the city. Just below the clouds, the black, bird-like silhouettes of Torva's sentries circle, watching. The heavy iron portcullis of the gate is shut. From your vantage point on the hill leading into the valley before the city, you see a line of wagons which winds through the camp up to the city's only entrance point. After a moment, the portcullis is raised just enough for one of the wagons to pass through, and then falls shut again, and the rest of the wagon line shuffles forward. 
Phelan looks down at this scene from the top of the hill before ducking back behind the line of trees that you're using as cover. And he looks at the rest of you and goes, well, Orestes did say it was a trap. Cat, the the camp is it's just like a straight up military camp. Like it's just like the one on Elfra, basically. Yep, they've just set up that the the army has gotten has rebanded, has gotten back together, and they've set up camp outside of the walls of Eurocade. Uh, so wait, wait, Cat, where are we? Did you say? So you're at the top of this hill. There's like a road that leads down. There's all these wagons, and there's also another road that leads like else to an, another place. The wagons are mostly coming from like this other road. You guys are up on this hill. Okay. All right. I turn to Phelan and Mary and I say, so does anybody know anything about this camp? Why are they here? Phelan says, well, my father's largest temple is in Hero's Gate. So I'm guessing he's just massing his forces here before he moves on to whatever his next plan is. It's where Orestes and I grew up. What? Wait. In that temple? Yeah. That's- I always thought you grew up like on Torva's jaw or something. That's like where your bedroom is. I imagined you growing up in like the void. <laughs> no. I didn't grow up in the void. No, Orestes and I, we were raised in the temple here in Hero's Gate until we were, I think he was 12, I was 11. And uh, that was... That was the end of our childhood, and the rest of our lives we were uh, brought up in Torva's jaw. Hmm. Right, okay. I mean, there were happy days, you know, before I realized, uh, you know, how fucked up my dad is, so. So, can we, like, see your childhood bedroom? Yes. Do you have, like, embarrassing posters? <gasps> I mean, it was a cloister in... It, there were no posters. We've been in the cloister. Oh my god, it's like you're right, we were in the cloister. I meant to ask about that. My mom, when she prayed to me, she said she met some... Was that you guys? You guys met Phelan's mom? Yeah, buddy. Well, we were in disguise, so I guess yeah. she just thought we were, you know, like, Torva priest people. But yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. How, how'd she seem? Mm, disassociative. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's a... Oddly specific, but accurate description, Corbin. I'm, f- I'm familiar with it. And Phelan nods and looks toward the city, and he says, yeah, sounds like her. That's not how she sounded when she was praying, though. She has lucid moments. She's gone through a lot. It's a long story. It, it doesn't matter. We just need to get her out of there. Yeah, of course. We'll figure it out. So we've just got to... Find a good way to get into the city. So, okay, so we have we have Boyds, we have planes, we have supermen, we have a camp, and we have wagons going into the city. So our one option is to disguise ourselves and try and join the wagons. That's what yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because I feel like, yeah, I mean, and if we try and go by air, the stupid birds are going to yeah, get us. Yeah, the birds are going to get us. Mm-hmm. And we already know that, like, the wagons are getting in. So yeah, if we and just turn into some rocks or bales of hay and just Slake and <laughs> I have um, experience disguising ourselves in this city in the past. So yeah, oh. it's true. It's true. Well, I can disguise all of us. Mary, you got any new fun god tricks? Mary shrugs and signs. I guess we can find out. What do you have in mind? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe we should follow the road uh, farther back. So if we're going to, you know, 
get a, a wagon thing set up. We do it well before we're in sight of the city. Does everybody have a wagon? Do we need a wagon? You can't really tell from here. Uh, it looks like, you. I mean, the wagons are just the most visible thing. Can we, like, look around for another party of travelers to join? That's not a bad idea. Oh, are there, like, non-Torvaic forces entering the city? Like, just, like, folks? Like, normies? I, I assumed they were folks. I guess we could go, we could we could try and get a little closer and see what sorts of people are entering the city. See if it's, if it's soldiers or if it's, like, civilians or what. Okay, um, before we do that, I am going to cast Seeming, um, which allows me to change the appearance of all of us. So the changes wrought by this spell do fail to hold up to physical inspection. So like if somebody like tried to take off my hat that was fake, mm-hmm. they would be like, this is not a hat. Right. So I'm I'm going to make us all relatively like the same size, but I'm going to change... Just like a just a just a random assortment of ages, particularly. I'm gonna make Mary seem like a young child <laughs> and Phelan seem like an old man. Yes. And um and Fran's her new appearance is like she looks like just like the hottest elf anyone's ever seen. Yeah. She's just like a super tracks. sexy elf. Of course. Yeah. That's what she uh, always what do does. <laughs> yeah. Does she have blue hair? No, she has split hair. And half of it is is white, and half of it is black, like an e girl. All right, yes. like Cruella Deville, like Cruella Deville or an e girl. Everyone's favorite e girl, Cruella Deville. Yeah, I mean, I love Cruella Deville, the e girl. So anyway, what do you what do you guys want your disguises to be? Oh, you're not just gonna pick? No, I won't just pick. I'll be like a fun dad. Okay, so I'll like, be like a fun vacation dad. Like becomes a fun dad with like a sunburn. Yeah. Corbin wants to be like Corbin wants to be a furry. Okay, absolutely, it's done. And I mean, and this is like Fran. Fran is just like choosing what she thinks everyone would want. And of course, she thinks that Phelan seems like old. <laughs> <laughs> She's kind of like, ha! Ah, now your your outsides match your insides. <laughs> and um, she she makes Corbin into I don't know what what's like a is there like a race that is furries? Well, there's like that that bird there's race. Kenku. Yeah, yeah Kenku, you know what? Yeah. She'll, she'll she'll make Corbin into a Kenku. Corbin just starts to cry. <laughs> uh Corbin, do you stop, do you want me to change it? No. Sorry, I just I finally feel like myself. Oh god. <laughs> I uh I reach into my my illusory fanny pack and I say, "Does anyone want snacks?" <laughs> Phelan assumes like an old man posture and then leans down to Fran and goes, is this really how you see me? Is this what you're attracted to? I, let's go. (laughs) That was a yes. Mary signs, we don't have time to unpack all of this. (laughs) Wait, before I want to cast Pass Without Trace on everybody. Nice. So um, you guys snake around so that you join the wagon line from the back. Uh, how do you want to pick out your, um, I don't want to call them your target, but. <laughs> the mark. Your victims. <laughs> Who looks like the most impressionable? <laughs> Why don't you do a perception check? Okay, I got way over 20. Corbin, you are able to pick out, uh, there's a wagon with, it looks like another family, uh, a family of farmers. And there is one very strong looking woman uh, with very buff arms and she's got like a child on each hip and then there's another like very much smaller woman who is like fighting with 
the ox and another child who is like clinging to her skirt. And these these two women are just they are very distracted by their their many children that they are and their ox cart that they are wrestling with. So it seems like they they seem distracted enough that you could get in with their party. Corbin points at them and says, "Lesbians." <laughs> Mary signs. They do look competent. They don't build them like lesbians. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, I I like shove Corbin towards the oxen like go animal handle the oxen and like help them out. So he runs over to the ox cart and Cat, I'm gonna he says, oh ma'am, please let me help you out with this and then I'm gonna roll the animal handle the oxen and pray that I don't fail because that would look bad. I didn't. Okay. <laughs> 28. So those oxen Oh, you calm those oxen right down. Handled. You look into their beautiful oxen eyes and you just whisper, ollie ollie oxen free. <laughs> and... <laughs> The oxen calm down, and uh, the strong woman with the two children on her hips says, Oh, well, thank you very kindly. They're, you know, they just are not uh, fans of this military stuff that's sprung up. I don't blame them. And she uh, puts down one of the children who runs over to the smaller woman. She says, Oh, were you all trying to get into the city as well? What happened? Do you have a cart? <laughs> I say, oh, yes, me and my my chosen family here were just, uh, we were on our way into the city, and wouldn't you know it, our, our cart, it got, it got smashed, and its wheels got all fucked up, and... <laughs> And so we've been hoofing it. I'm like, that's my dad pointing to Slake. And I point to Corbin and I'm like, that's my other dad. And I point to Phelan, that's my grandpa. And I point to, to Mary and I'm like, and this is our kid. And we've all adopted each other. <laughs> and sometimes that's what a family is. <laughs> and uh, the strong woman nods and she's like, well, I understand. Well, this is my wife, Clara. And I'm Claire. And... <laughs> That must get confusing. Well, the kids just call us mom and ma'am. <laughs> That's way less confusing. <laughs> and, uh, well, and these are our children. We, very similarly, we adopted them off of, you know, found them in the bushes, found one in the trees. <laughs> Isn't that how it is with kids? Uh, That's just how it is with kids. I mean, you always find them in bushes and trees. You know, mm. like they grow them when there. When you can't make them yourself, then, you know. Tree found is fine. <laughs> These are our children, Bobby, Bob, and Baba. All right. You are absolutely, your naming conventions are incredible, and I feel that we all could learn from you. <laughs> what are your names? Uh, oh, names that we have. Uh, I'm Brabra. I'll be one of your kids from now on. Uh, <laughs> I'm... Brad. Brad the King. <laughs> I'm Steez. <laughs> and Mary signs, my name is Morgan, and this is my grandpa, Sarah. <laughs> and Phelan, like, looks at Mary and then nods and says, yes. My name is Sarah. And uh, Claire looks down the line of wagons and then back at you and says, well, I'm sorry to hear about your wagon. All fucked up. So I suppose, what do you think you'll do about the tithe then? 
Oh, the, the, the tithes? What? The what? The tithe? The temple sent out notice. That's why we're all here. Isn't that why you came too? Yes, the ties, yes. Well, you know, we, we heard about it from a friend. It's a bit of a hardship, but you don't want to piss off the gods. And Phelan, or Sarah, <laughs> uh, leans Grandpa Sarah. forward on. He found, like, a stick in the in the woods on your way down, and he's using it as a fake cane. And he leans forward on his stick, and he says, How much of a tithe are they asking now? And Clara shakes her head and says, Half the harvest. I suppose to feed all this army. Do they accept alternate? Do they accept credit? Do they accept human sacrifice? I look at Corbin. <laughs> Brabra, Brabra. I I laugh and I say, Brabra. Oh, you're a you're such a joker. Um, <laughs> fa- or, Sarah, <laughs> Phelan, Sarah nods and he says, "Well, I suppose that if we don't." Since our wagon with our tithe was lost, we will have to volunteer someone from the family to join the army. Sarah. And he looks very significantly at the rest of you and he says, I'll I'll volunteer. <laughs> you're the only one who's in good enough health. Sarah, you're always you're always looking after us. I'm so glad that we have you with our ambiguous relationship to you <laughs> here. With us. Oh, Mr. Grandpa, I'll miss you. Mary Sides, we can't let our grandpa join the army. I I, I, I pat uh, Morgan and I say, shh, it's what he would have wanted. Oh, I miss Grandpa Sarah. You remember what he used to say? Just wait until I join the army. He did say that a lot. He'd always say it's my lifelong dream. Sometimes I still hear his voice. Well, I'm not gone yet, but... Oh, I wish I could just hold him in my arms one more time. Claire and Clara look at each other with their children. I forgot their names Bob, already. Bobby Bob, and... Barbara. Bob, I'm Barbara. Bob, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's... Oh, Bobby, Baba, and Bob. And Bob. And Bob. And Bob, 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 Bobby, and Bob. Barbara's ours. No. Uh, we have Barbara. That yeah, one's ours. That one's ours. Uh, it's Barbara. <laughs> So the tithe, is it by family? Well, I think it's by, by tenancy. What does that mean? By person? Like the tenant farmers, so like whichever so it's by farm. Oh, okay. So like yeah. if we if we like were part of your farm, like if I was one of your kids named Brabra, you know? And then you could ride on our grandpa success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh Claire and Clara look at each other and and they sort of have that silent wife-to-wife lesbian communication. Yeah. And then Claire says, well, I'd hate to see an old man forced into the army just because your wagon got smashed up. So. No, he wants to go. Hey, look at how excited he <laughs> is. No, he's going to go whether we get in or not. I mean, that's what was always going to happen. I mean, just look at look at the determination in his eyes. He can't crush his dreams. He's <laughs> agile as hell. And they laugh and say, oh, oh, you're very... I'm sure he's very strong, but if you'd like, Sarah's our grandpa. <laughs> Do a backflip! Sarah Phelan shakes his head and says, maybe in my younger days, and he sort of shakes his stick a little bit, and then, like, gently, like, whacks your knee with it, Fran. <laughs> but I'm an old man now. I fall to the ground. Ah! His strength! It's extremely, it's extremely large! Whoa! Bruh, bruh. 
I'm getting such mixed signals from you right now because you've always really been so excited about joining the <laughs> army, and I just can't tell anymore. Like what you do backflips every hour on the hour. It's how we mark time. Well, we don't want to get separated in the city. All right, all right. I I see you're 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 having regrets. You realized how much you'd miss us. As a family, if you were to, if you, you were to, you don't approve of the military industrial complex. You've had an epiphany. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy that Sarah's going to strike out on her own and be a mercenary. I hug Sarah, Grandpa. In any case, we would be much obliged. Uh, Phelan says we'd be much obliged uh, if you would let us join your your farm for the uh, for the time being. We have some family to see in the city. And once we're in in the city, we can we can get back on our feet. So Claire and Claire and Clara nod and say, "All right, well, pile pile the kids into the wagon. Uh, let's see, Barbara, can you look after?" And she she hands you one of the small children. Um. Ooh, interesting. What does Fran think about children? Let me think. <laughs> Fran like takes the child as if it's like. As if it's going to explode at any second, <laughs> holding it out from her body. And she's like, yes, my new sibling. <laughs> and we all get into the wagon. Yep. And uh, Mary comes and sits next to you. And she like wiggles her finger at, at the child, at uh, uh, Bobby. Mm-hmm. And then uh, is packed in next to her is, is Bobbo and... The other one, Bob. <laughs> the other one, Bobo. I don't Bobo. remember the names. There's the kids are multiplying. <laughs> so many. We, we went past another tree and it just Bobby fell and in. Bobo and Baba and Bibi and <laughs> another one pops out from the from the cargo in the wagon. Bobo. Cat, can I roll the animal handle one of the children? <laughs> no, they're not animals. They're monsters. <laughs> So I'm assuming the kids are, like, crawling all over me and Mary. Yep, yep. And I'm like, do you guys like literature? Do you want to talk about, do you want to talk about spell theory? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Babo says, your hair feels funny. It's made of water. I engulf the child in the hair for, <laughs> 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 and then I, I, I unengulf them and I say, what do you think? <laughs> oh, Babo starts crying. Oh, Babo no! starts just absolutely ah, wailing. No! Whoa. Whoa. Fool. I, I, I say, Bobra, you got to support the neck. And I come over and I, I gently extricate the child from Barbara's iron grip. I do a harmless shower of sparks and I say, it's just a magic trick. The child is crying harder. And now it's one of the child's siblings is now all oh, screaming. Um, and... <laughs> Corbin, the, there's a child now who's next to you and looks up and says, are, are the gods going to smite us down? <laughs> uh, Corbin turns into a monkey. No! Why? I'm doing magic tricks. I don't know we're magical. Oh. And they're also probably part of a religion that magic bad. Please, please don't turn into a monkey. I thought the children would like a monkey. I mean, they would, but we're trying to be inconspicuous and Corbin not- begins to turn into a monkey, and you see his facial features, like, sort of change, and then he catches himself. And I cover him immediately in my cloak, and I do an illusion of, like, a, 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 like a flint and a stone, and I say, see, it's just a trick! And I- <laughs> <laughs> So the child is- Stops crying and sniffles a little, and then there's a huge boom that rolls in from across the ocean, and all all 
however many number of children there now are involved in this scene all shrink back and scream and Bob, Bobby says, I think the gods are going to smite us. That must be what that sound is. Whoa, whoa. I'm sure no one's going to be smited today. It sounded like a fart to me. You guys like farts? (laughs) Barbara's right. I know one thing, and the gods, they do much more farting than they do smiting. All the gods I've known fart constantly. (laughs) Phelan, Sarah, has been uh, up front talking with Claire and Clara, and uh, he leans back around the cart and uh, says, it's everything all right back there? Just talking about how God's fart constantly, Sarah, go away. <laughs> I say, oh, I'm so sorry. Barbara's at that age where all she wants to talk about is farts. You know, they hit 23 and... <laughs> it's just farts all day long. It's just farts all day. And of course, this one, and I elbow Corbin. What's your fake name again? Brad. Oh, yeah. I elbow Brad and I say, and this one just loves to rile the kids up. Oh. He's a real wild card. You know me. But I love him. Old man Phelan, like, nods and goes, all right, as long as you're staying quiet and inconspicuous back there, we don't want to draw attention to ourselves. Oh, you. Of course not. Classic Sarah with the sarcasm. Keep your farts in, Grandpa, and it won't be an issue. <laughs> So you guys, you guys wait in line with this lovely family for for a little while, uh, as you move slowly along the uh, the path that leads through the military encampment. You get a good view of the goings abouts of the soldiers as they move around the camp. You watch as a cart brings a large shipment of cold iron through the camp that gives you sort of a an eerie feeling as you watch it move. Uh, but other than that, you're not able to glean much information. Hey, can you guys make a perception check for me? Yes. By the way, Fran has now moved on to, like, just doing, like, weird dances to try and ingratiate herself to the children. <laughs> Fran is yeah. doing TikTok dances. She's doing TikTok dances. She's just, and, and she's not well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I got sense. 20, but non-natural. Yeah, I only got 10. I got 13. Okay, cool. Corbin, as you, you know, are are keeping an eye out, looking around, you notice as you're getting close to the the front of the line, you watch the procedure as the soldiers search through the crates in the wagon in front of you. You know, they, they open up the crates, look at what's inside, start noting down. And then you see there's one soldier, a man in long flowing purple robes, uh, who casts a spell over the uh, over the wagon as it goes through the gate. But you are not able to tell what sort of spell he casts. Y'all, they're doing magic shit up at the gate. Can I see? Is he basically doing detect magic on people? Can Fran, like, do some kind of magic check now that she knows what she's looking for to, like, figure out, like, what kind of magic this person might be doing? Why don't you roll an arcana check? Okay. I got a 15. Uh, With a 15, you aren't familiar with this spell but you're able to sort of to suss out looking at like the hand motions that he makes uh, and it is not detect magic no no it is in fact dispel magic mm, mm. even worse okay <laughs> Welcome to 
to this. Hello, my friends. Mercedes Benz on the interstate. It's just a smooth jazz <laughs> mid-roll. So, welcome. Um, it is the 100th episode of Dames and Dragons, which is crazy. <laughs> um, so, as we mentioned in the little bit after the intro, we are doing a Twitter giveaway for our 100th episode. And once again, all you have to do is get on Twitter and tweet about your favorite intro from an episode of Dames and Dragons with the hashtag Dames100, and you can be entered to randomly be selected to win um, a prize package, which, so here's a little more detail about what that's going to be. Um, so we're going to do basically an assortment of prints and stickers and also one of the Dames and Dragons hats and three people are going to win that. So basically we'll we'll figure out how many Dames 100's tweets we have on our hands then we'll randomly generate a number and figure out uh, which person that is and we will do that three times. There will be three winners. However, the first place winner is going to get something a little extra. So I don't know if you remember a little character called Diamond, uh, a legend on the podcast. But I don't know if you remember the origins of the character Diamond way back in season three of this podcast. Uh, so Diamond was actually created by a listener who won kind of a similar giveaway at the time. And we are actually going to be offering the same thing to the first place winner of the Dames 100 giveaway. So if you are the first person selected after tweeting about your, your favorite intro, you will get to create some kind of NPC for Kat to then insert into the story. No guarantees it's going to be as legendary of a character as Diamond was. That may, be, that may have been a one-time thing, but there will be a character that you will get to create obviously within the bounds of of what's appropriate. <laughs> and yeah, it'll get to be on the podcast. So I think that's a very fun little prize. So yeah, tweet with the hashtag Dames100. Favorite intro. We will get back to you later with who the winners are and we will send them some stuff. And aside from that, as usual... I want to thank our beautiful Apple Podcast reviewers. So thank you so much to NOPLNX and also to Sapphic Stupidity, just in case we didn't thank you earlier. Um, if you would like to get a shout out on the show, I really encourage you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It is one of the ways that our podcast can gain a bigger listenership, and it is one of the most awesome things you can do to support the podcast. The only thing you can do that would be more awesome <laughs> is to join the Patreon. And speaking of which, I just would love to thank our new patrons. So that goes out to Grace the Fay, Nicholas, Cassandra, Kayla, Danielle, Lovely and Lonely, Sal, Jade, Sup Tiger, August, Momo, and David. <laughs> thank you guys so, so much. Um, truly, the Patreon is uh, what, what, what keeps us going and what supports us more than anything else. So like if, if you're a patron, you have a special place in our hearts. Um, and uh, just as a quick outline of what you can get if you donate to the Patreon, you get 
outtakes that are very funny, if I do say so myself. You get deleted scenes of things that just got cut for time, basically. And you also get awesome bonus episodes, which arguably may be better than the actual podcast. So if you love our podcast, I would suggest checking it out. Oh, we also do live live streams. And we also send out merch to $10 people. We do a lot of stuff, and it's all nice. So yeah, if you want to get a shout out and become one of the people who is getting all those lovely things, you can head over to patreon.com slash damesanddragons. And now for a word from one of the other awesome podcasts on our network. Hi, I'm Josh, and I run an actual play podcast that I'd like you to check out. I'm using the Godbound system, and I create a sandbox-style game in a large city called Moxery. All of the player characters are evil, and I think that this really creates an interesting narrative because... Nobody cares! I, Azriel, had to reconfigure reality to become the evil saint of Paylor. Now I plan to overthrow the government of Moxery and amass followers. Then I will become... You wouldn't know the first thing about reconfiguring reality. I did it, not you. I, Milana, want no part of your feeble plans. When my plan comes to fruition, all of Moxary will become my undead army. With them at my command... They have to be dead before they become undead. I'm going to silence this entire city and prove myself. Prove Gerlach worthy of the goddess of the void. No! Leave the monsters! I, Nuak Godslayer, will raise an army of monsters. They will overthrow our human leaders and live free. And I will be there. Well, all you quit your bickering and shut your faces. I, Brimstone, hear enough voices in my head without all of you talking over each other. All I want to do is kill the wizard Shalazar. It doesn't sound too difficult, does it? If I have my way, it will be. Check out Tales from Moxray or wherever you find your podcasts or geekspective.com. And last of all, a message to the beautiful... Terrible, powerful Chantel. Hey, Chantel, what's up? I love you. Thank you for letting me sleep over at your house recently. It was so much fun. And you fed me soup. And we had spicy convos, Chantel. And also, the code word is Curious Illustrations. The sleeper agent is active. Go. Uh, Fr- Fran Brabra turns to small child Mary and says, um, wow, they have like a mage up there. It sure would be uh, awful if there was some kind of invisible force field that could stop dispel magic, wouldn't it? That would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, Mar- Mary signs. Yeah, that would be bad if anybody here could do something like that. Corbin, Corbin looks at everybody and says, Sure would be terrible if the man casting Dispel Magic had Blight cast upon him and then died instantly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? (laughs) That would would be bad, Corbin. Sure would draw a lot of attention. Considering that they would immediately close the gates. Yeah, no, yep, you're right. That's why it would be bad. I mean, Brad... Does anyone have a spell that could just like give the guard really bad diarrhea? Um, I have erupting earth, but I don't think that's the kind of diarrhea you're talking about. I mean, well, that's probably going to get the gates shut. Yeah, I'm thinking anything where he dies as soon as we roll up is probably not bad. bad. The call. Mm -hmm. How can we give him diarrhea? How can we just give him diarrhea, cat? 
you could control the water in his bowels. That's one of those things where if you make that call now, that's yeah. all we ever now do Kat, for the rest of the game. Now, Cat, here's the thing. <laughs> I could now. What if I cast conjure animals? And I know I can't conjure animals in a space that's too big for them. But what if I conjure like a very nasty tapeworm? Oh, that no. will take months okay, no. to affect him. I just don't want this family to be murdered because of us. But yeah, I know that's yeah. I know I've come to love Clara, Clara, Bob, Same. Baba, yeah, and Bobby, and and Boba. Boba. Let's not forget Boba. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Okay, here's my thing. So dispel uh-huh. magic doesn't always work. No, yeah, he's he's gonna have to roll against your. S- yes, it doesn't. It doesn't it? work against a really strong spell necessarily. So. If I maybe work with Mary to even beef it up more. Yeah, and I can I have stuff that can buff it too. Like I can buff your um saving throws. Maybe that's the call. Yeah, because let me see. So any third any spell of third level or lower on the target ends. For each spell yeah. of fourth level or higher on the target, make an ability check using your spellcasting ability. So it would be this guy's spellcasting ability. I'm not gonna tell you what the DC on a successful check the spell ends. But it like it has to do with the level of the spell is what the DC is, right? Yeah. So I mean, what's what's the spell say or the the level? spell level right now is a f- is is fifth level. Okay. So I mean, you've got a pretty good chance. I do have a good chance, but I would love to have an even better chance. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say to Mary, it would it would be really terrible too, you know, if the spell was too high level or if they even saw it coming and made it even. More powerful of a spell so that it couldn't be dispelled. Magic is just crazy. And I hold out my hand to hold Mary's hand. <laughs> um, and uh, so Mar- Mary's going to take your hand. Uh, uh, Corbin just wants to cast uh, Guidance on Fran, uh, which basically it will let you roll a d4 and add that to your ability check or spell. You could cast it on Mary. Doesn't It's a um, cantrip. Can I cast it on both of them? Yeah. Okay, I cast it. I cast it on both of them. You guys both. Okay, so have- it's going to be a d twenty plus a d four, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say, yeah, I'm glad that there's no crazy magic shenanigans going on here. Of course, if there were, fortunately, we'd have Sarah to protect anyone who might be vulnerable <laughs> in case of such a situation. And uh, uh, Clara says, Sarah, your family really believes in you, don't they? <laughs> we, we do. do. <laughs> We believe in the Sarah that believes in us. Yeah. Not great. Whoa, I did amazing. Oh, good. <laughs> I got it. I rolled a nineteen and a four. Hell oh, yeah! And I have and I have plus six wisdom. All right. Um, Mary rolled an eight. She gets plus nine wisdom. So that's gonna be what? Seventeen. Yeah. Plus three. So twenty. Non-natural twenty. Oh well. So that's fine. We did great. So you guys did great. Yeah. You. With Mary's hand in yours, Fran, the two of you concentrate really intensely on your spell, and you feel this flood of magic just course through you and course through the the channels of your spell casting. And our like our disguises get so dope. Like you, now, like you can touch the things that were previously just illusions. Right. And Phelan suddenly just feels really old. Yeah, he just feels old as fuck. And I like I just am like I am d- dancing. <laughs> As you guys approach the gate, the guards come forward to search the wagon and they, they, you know, usher the children out of the way. And you watch as the the mage begins to chant his spell. 
So the uh, the DC is 10 plus the spells level, so the DC would be 15. So I'll give you guys a, a plus three advantage to the... Uh, and uh, we'll go with what I just accidentally rolled, which was a two. Hey! <laughs> so, <sighs> like, as this spell is, is sort of... You can feel it picking at your magic, just sort of, like, pulling at the loose threads of magic that are woven around you guys. But you really get the sense that this guy has been doing this, like, all day so far. And <laughs> the rain is just incessant. And there are kids, and they are screaming. And then there's this booming in the distance, and that's super spooky. And he's just, like, you know, he's phoning it in. We've all been there. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, I respect this dude. I respect him. I res- I'm glad we didn't give him diarrhea. I know. I like. I'm so glad we didn't uh, fatally impact his bowels. Yeah, me like. too. <laughs> <laughs> and so he after after they they cast the spell and nothing happens, and they they look through the the sacks and the crates that are loaded up into the cart. They you know wave you through, and you are now in the city of Heroes Gate. <laughs> and so after you're through. Claire just goes, whew, man, I know there's nothing that we were hiding, but I always get nervous when they do those sorts of checks. I also get irrationally nervous for no reason. <laughs> yep, just just normal thing to feel. I really fit into your family, huh? During that irrational nervousness is a family trait for all of us except Sarah. <laughs> it was real nice meeting you folks. Uh, I suppose you're probably ready to get to your family out in the city. Do you know what? Uh, which way are they out in the trade district, or are they are they in the merchants' quarter? Uh, I don't know. We got to figure it out. But thank you so much for your help. I'm I I start looking through my bag to find something to give these people because <laughs> <laughs> I feel indebted to them now. Let me just look. And we have, have money. We do have money. I mean, you could give them money, but you could also give them a random magical item that you guys don't use. Yeah, yeah. I give them the rod of burning. I didn't even know we had that. <laughs> oh, well, it's because I never use it because I always forget. But Fran, Fran could have gotten great use out of it, but she never uses it. So it's basically just like a stick that you can hit people with. But if you insult them, you do extra damage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And I say, if you ever are in trouble, you use this stick, okay? And you'd call that person an asshole. And I promise you it'll turn out okay, okay? All right? <laughs> and uh, Clara takes the stick and she goes, oh, all right, well... Thank you. Uh, wish you all the best. I hope. Do you want some money? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! It's no trouble at all. You guys have a nice time in the city, and then you you go separate I ways. I hug from- all the kids first. <laughs> yes, the, the children all hug you back, and they're like, "Wow, you feel more solid now." Where did your water hair go? Oh yeah, I didn't. I wasn't supposed to have water hair, was I? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, no, because what they saw was your your humanish looking hair, or your elven looking. Yeah, hair. but it felt very watery. Yeah, envelop their heads. I love that. Okay, anyway, I just say. I don't know, pretty weird. <laughs> and then as they leave, I'm like, wow, you guys, I can't believe I'm a natural with kids. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's exactly what I would call it. Too. They loved you. Even as they were crying in terror, they loved you. Tears of joy. That's how I feel around Fran all the time. Same. <laughs> well, I'd say we, uh, we, we flew past that test with flying colors. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you guys are now in the city of Heroes Gate. Uh, Corbin and Slake, the rain-swept streets are much different than the last time you were here. 
On a day like this, you would at least expect to see worshippers of Rove out, praising her in her aspect of the deluge. But the few people that you do see scurry from one doorway to the next, with heavy cloaks pulled up to keep out the biting winter rain. Purple and black banners line the streets with broken towers emblazoned upon them. There is an air of heavy, oppressive quiet that mutes everything in the city. Uh, You guys head towards the center of town where you know the temple's district to be. As you are walking, between one step and the next, a figure shows up next to you. (laughs) And when you look over, you see this bastard handsome face of Orestes. The rain plasters his golden curls to his stupidly handsome face. And uh, he he bends over to look at old man disguised Phelan. And he goes, oh, look at that. Your outsides finally match your insides. That's so funny. It's exactly. That's rude. It's exactly what <laughs> Fran said. <laughs> I remember that. Phelan glares at him. I step in between them, like shoving Phelan and Orestes both to two <laughs> sides. And uh, Orestes holds up his hands. He goes, oh, touchy, touchy. Which way is the thing? Just let's get this over with. Orestes comes to a stop looking down the street at the uh, the temple plaza. When last uh, Slake and Corbin were here, there were, you know, delegations from all of the different temples that, that sit in that plaza, out and about, people making offerings at different temples. Uh, now it is empty. The only people who are in the temple square are Torveic soldiers standing sentinel in the driving rain clad in their purple cloaks and heavy armor each brandishes a enormous black weapon and uh Phelan sort of gives a little shiver and he says I see they brought out the enchanted weapons of father's personal armory you weren't lying it's definitely a trap so what do they do? Rusty's like leans forward and he drapes an arm around your shoulders, Slake, and he points to one of me and says, that one, that one is a vorpal blade and it just goes straight for the neck. Anytime you swing, it goes straight for the neck. Easy to dodge, bad to get cut by. And that one, that one, once you start bleeding, the blood won't clot or stop until there's a magical intervention. That one's fun. You just get so much blood everywhere. Makes things really slippery. Yeah, that sounds like something you'd like. And Phelan, like, shoves Orestes away. He's like, yeah, that's enough. We don't need to go through the whole list. Just needless to say, let's not go in that way. And Orestes laughs. He says, oh, of course we're not going in the front door. It's a bad day for it, but I've got a secret entrance for you guys. Come on. And Phelan goes, oh, no, we're not going and uh, Orestes just gives a little little wave over his shoulder and says, yep, we're going. What does he mean? Can I do a perceptions check? Phelan, what does he mean? To see if there's a grate <laughs> nearby? Yes. That was a two, so I see literally nothing. You see no grates. He leads you down to a recreation beach, which everything is closed up. And so he, he leads you down the stairs of the boardwalk and uh, slips below the pier, bringing you onto a dark, sandy beach. The tide is low, exposing the seawall and a drain pipe that smells positively foul. The rainwater pelting down into the city's sewer gushes forth here, spewing refuse and waste into a channel carved into the sand, which flows out into the ocean. And Phelan looks at it and goes, I hate you. 
so much. I immediately take out my rope. I tie a. I'm tying a, a full child harness <laughs> around Corbin. He's struggling, and I hold on the end. He's thrashing. I guess it's got to be. I got it. I guess it's got to be a sleight of hand versus a a dexterity. Ugh, fine. I got twelve. Yeah, I got uh, <laughs> seven. So you win this time, Fran. <laughs> I'm just like so fast. <laughs> I know. I know all about kids now. So yeah, no, that, that makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> I tie the other end around my own wrist and I say, "No trouble from you, Corbin." <laughs> Corbin lays down in the sand. Get up! <laughs> oh. It's for your own good. Uh. And uh, Mary, now that you guys are down here, Mary lets go of the magic she was putting into the illusions, mm. uh, allowing them to fade mm. so that uh, Phelan doesn't feel like an old man and she doesn't feel like a small child. Mm. Orestes hops up and uh, produces a ring of keys from seemingly nowhere. You know, God magic. Mm. And uh, he unlocks the grate and opens it up and Makes a grand gesture and says, well, in you go. Corbin tries to run again, but like a dog on a leash, he just gets yanked back. (laughs) He just just hangs and falls. I'm like, come on, Corbin, heal. (laughs) He he very slowly crawls back to you and sits down right next on your right side. Okay, well, I start going. I start going in. He walks in time with you. I say to Orestes, um, why don't you lead the way? Oh, I'm not going in there. Orestes holds his hand up. I'm sorry? No, absolutely not. No, I'll meet you on the other side because I can go in the front door because I didn't betray my father openly in the stupidest possible way. (laughs) Corbin now lunges at Orestes. I I grab Corbin and I'm like, shh, shh, shh. (laughs) (laughs) Calm down. It's okay. Phelan sighs and says, just make sure mom's ready to go. Whatever she says, just make sure she's ready to leave. And uh, Orestes does like a hair flip with his, his wet hair. And he says, oh, I know. No one loves your dad more than mom. But that's why I'm the charming one. And you're the one who's going to get covered in shit. <laughs> then he, he does a little flourish and he is gone. You can be charming and covered in shit. Before the day is over, I'm going to turn into a monkey and throw my shit at that guy. Yeah, do Mark it. Mark my fucking words. Mark my words. I'm, I am not going to stop you, Phelan says. Yeah. Finally. Speaking of shit. happy to have been doing this for 100 episodes with you guys. You're my very good friends and you've brought my life so much meaning and this has been a very fun time and experiment and I can't wait to do 100 more episodes for the next 100 years for that. You know, yeah, that's so sweet and I think water. we all felt the same way you until know, very recently. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, <laughs> exactly say that exact same thing. Think about until maybe like 100 seconds ago I would have said yes, I agree, but no longer. Not anymore. No, but it's true, Kat. It's true it was it was it was true it was very true it's still true for me cat (laughs) (laughs) 